Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. I am so excited and so grateful to be releasing yet another monthly reflection episode for the month of June. So half the year is down now and I've done six monthly episodes starting in December. I've been doing a monthly reflection practice for years now. I just... You know, I find it so fulfilling to be able to capture the highs and the lows each month, the things that brought you ecstatic joy and the things that cause you to have suffering or pain or anxiety or lows and learning from those experiences. You know, I've always believed that life can be your greatest teacher if you actually pay attention to the way you respond to life because we can't really change life. You know, life is going to continue giving us surprises, continue giving us experiences that are either in our plan or not. And we can't really change the way life does that. That's sort of the random nature of life. But what we can do is we can become aware of the way that we respond to life, whether it's the way that we unconsciously respond to life or it's the way that we consciously respond to life. And by examining those responses, we can then slowly but surely let go of the things that don't serve, let go of the habits that don't serve, let go of the beliefs that don't serve, and step into higher levels of choice, higher levels of us actually having power and agency over our lives and the way that we respond to everything that happens around us. And that's really what the ripple effect of your personal healing journey is. The more you learn to just elevate yourself, the more you learn to become aware of your triggers and why they show up the way they do, the more you learn to heal and resolve those unresolved sort of emotional triggers inside of your body. And once you learn to step up and rise in love and show up differently for the people in your life, everything changes. I mean, that's what I really go deep to on this episode, talk about, you know, a lot of the new sort of healing practices that me and my family have been doing together a lot of different practices that I've been doing in my relationship, uh, different ways that I'm showing up in work as a result of me leaning into work as a mirror for my own sort of personal healing journey and so much more. You know, I I love these monthly reflection episodes because it's a reminder that, you know, even though I may have more resources, I may have access to a lot of these individuals, a lot of my work actually happens in between the episodes. A lot of my work actually happens by me just looking at life and learning from it. And that's a practice that I think all of us can get better at, including myself. And I hope that these monthly reflection episodes are inspiring you to use life as your greatest teacher. So I hope you enjoy this one, guys. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your listening device of choice. And leave us a review. Send me a message on Instagram if any of the content that we've been releasing has been landing for you. It goes a super long way in me being aware of your biggest struggles, the things that you're working on in your day-to-day life so that I can find guests or create content that allows you to continue rising in love and continue creating a life that nourishes you from the inside out. So 
I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to do the work. And without further ado, here is this month's incredible monthly reflection episode with Georgina and myself. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a brilliant day so far. Welcome back to the show, Georgina. I'm very happy to be back. Thank you for inviting me back. It's another month. Uh, so we've done six in a row now. This is for the entire month of June, which would mean that we've officially gone through a half of the year. Half the year. Pretty amazing, too. I, I'm just continuing to be in awe of how quickly things can change when you are paying attention. And how quickly you can evolve when you're not afraid to lean in and how quickly you can expand and grow and shift and just fly when you stop focusing on what you're doing and you start really focusing on who you're becoming and how you can continue expanding beyond fear and all of those limitations that you put on yourself. It's been pretty amazing. I, I really feel grateful and excited to be sharing this month's reflection just because I I really feel like I'm finally getting to a place where I'm working on the thing beneath the thing. The trigger on the surface is not really always what I'm working on. There's layers to what I'm uncovering about myself and how I'm able to change the way I show up in different ways of different aspects of my life. And I'm starting to really feel into the nuanced sort of nature to personal growth and development. And, and it's starting to feel empowered in a way that I haven't been able to access or, or really embody in the past. So I'm really excited to be here, Georgina, and I'm really excited that we get to have this conversation. Oh, I'm now very curious to know where this is going to go, because that sounds very next level. Reflection. I think when we started back in December, when I really released our first, you know, yearly reflection episode, you know, I talk about the, the idea of reflection being paying attention to the highs and the lows, right? Paying attention to, and to me, those are the emotional highs and the emotional lows, not necessarily like the things you did well, right? Like I think most goal setting, most reflection processes teach, what did I do well? What did I accomplish? And yes, your accomplishments can have lessons and, and juice in them, but to expand infinitely instead of linearly, we have to stop focusing on what we're doing and we have to start focusing on who we're becoming, right? So when we start to look at the highs and the lows emotionally, we start to pay attention to, all right, what made me feel small, which was anxious, depressed, sad? What caused those emotional states to exist versus the other, which is the highs, which are excited, grateful, loving, inspired, like all that other stuff, right? So I think when I first started my reflection process, I was really focusing on the highs and the lows. And every month I would find the lows and I would let them go. And I would step into the highs and I would continue doing that over time. And the more I started doing that, the less lows I was finding. Like my lows weren't really lows. Like, you know, I would have anxious days. I would have feelings, but they weren't lows, right? I would feel sadness, but that sadness wouldn't be tied to a low. It would just be sadness. Or I would feel 
a fear or an anxiety and it wouldn't be tied to any one thing. It would just be a feeling. And so for me, really this month, I, as I was reflecting on my month and looking at, you know, the things that, that the, the actions that I took, the events that took place, the, the different experiences that I got to be present inside, I, I was more paying attention to where were my needs not met or what was I resisting leaning into and doing? Or what are the things that I really, really, really wanted for someone else without really knowing why? What were the highs and the lows? What were the insights that showed up? What are the things that made me feel inspired and not inspired? But I think going away from just the highs and the lows and starting to look at everything in my life as a mirror and starting to look at every relationship in my life as a mirror, which includes like my relationship with my girlfriend, Gina, like really leaning and saying, what are my needs? Like, what are the things that I need in order for me to feel loved and safe? My relationship with my parents, what are the things that I want for my dad so that I can feel closer to him or in work and in business and in creations? What is the reality that I need to exist in order for me to feel powerful instead of just me feeling powerful on my own? So by examining all of these external sort of like for me, by, by using mirror work and mirror work is really what I leaned on as my biggest tool for growth in June, which is essentially the practice of looking at everything in your life, looking at everything, every one of your desires, every action you take, every expectation you put on someone else, every obligation that you commit yourself to everything that you do and just examining, all right, am I doing this out of choice or am I doing this from a place of lack? And for me, this month was all about finding those sort of like those resistances, those blocks, those things that stop me from just feeling those highs all the time, right? Feeling that state of power, that connection to the universe, feeling that flow. Um, and that's really where I think my reflection process is evolving, where it's not necessarily about just finding highs and lows. It's about paying attention to the more nuanced nature of existing in the world and being human. I really love how you've expanded out this reflection process and really enhanced and evolved where you're being guided to look. So you started off by saying, I'm looking at the emotions, so looking at how I'm who I'm being rather than just what I'm doing. And then also looking at the triggers and the places of resistance and friction and using those as almost insights, gateways into more information, more self-awareness, more self-knowledge. That feels so powerful. Well, that it almost that as you've just been describing this now, it's like the the highs and lows. It's like the tick list. Oh, I did this. I did this. Yeah. I did this. But this is like, okay, who was I being? Who actually am I? What's deeper within me that I can access by looking at myself through these different lenses? I find this fascinating to hear this reflection process. It feels yeah. so powerful, and I'm really curious to know what kind of discoveries have you made about yourself as a result of these new lenses that you've been applying to your life. Well, so just on that note, I want to kind of break down, you know, the way that I work on myself into three specific sort of categories. I have awareness, which is building awareness about myself, which is really what this process is, right? Like, so you can start by becoming aware of the things that are in front of you. And then as you develop a deeper understanding of who you are, you can begin to find more nuanced ways to build awareness of yourself. You're not just building awareness about the way you feel. You're building awareness about the way your thoughts go into loops. You're building awareness around your needs and your desires. And like 
So that's the first step. The second step is, is healing, actually. So once you become aware of something, it's actually taking the steps to resolve or to make changes or to shift the energy of the thing you became aware of, right? That can be done with a coach. That can be done with some level of a practice through modalities like breath work or hypnotherapy or, or plant medicines, you name it. There's, there's different modalities. And then the last part is integration. Once you've resolved the feeling, the thing, how are you taking the lessons from what you resolved and incorporating it into your life to make changes? And I think that for me, I find that becoming aware of these patterns and these processes and these things is a lifelong process. I don't know if I'm ever going to have it all figured out, and I don't think I'm expecting myself to. But the ultimate goal of doing this work is to integrate and to start making changes in your life so that you can go back to what I think is the ultimate cheat code, which is feeling powerful, feeling like you trust the universe, like feeling like you have the permission to be fully seen and expressed in yourself, trusting that the, the universe or God or spirit or the soul has a plan for you that's much greater than you could possibly imagine. And so, you know, every single thing I faced this month, whether it was an anxiety about work or a fear about how are things going to work out, you know, like I've had a lot of shifts in business recently and a lot of new deals come onto my path and a lot of deals fall through and a lot of things that I'm not really sure how to navigate and handle. Like I'm, 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 I'm asking for help. I'm trying to figure things out. I feel like a newbie in some ways. And those experiences create a lot of fear, create a lot of anxiety. Why? Because I'm trying to find my certainty inside of what I'm seeing and what I'm playing in the patterns, right? So to me, um, when I become aware of things like that, when I become aware of those things, the ultimate game is, all right, what is stopping me from just trusting in something bigger than what I can see in front of me? That's where the process comes. And for me, you know, like I've uncovered beliefs around myself, around like, like beliefs like, if you work really, really, really hard, you deserve for things to work out. That one right there, like, okay, well, now I get to ask myself, where did that one come from? Did it come from childhood? Did it come from me looking around me and, and society telling me, hey, if you just work really, really, really hard and you do all the right things, things are going to work out? Well, it's not always true, right? Like, is it me believing in karma? If you do good, good will come to you. Beautiful beliefs, and those can inspire a very wholesome way of living. But if you put all of your hats on this idea that, hey, if I'm just a good person, bad stuff's never going to happen to me, you're giving away your power. You're not dancing with the universe in a way that allows the most freedom for you, the most expansive nature of being. So it sounds like your process is getting to a place where you can fully trust the universe. And you have these three steps. You have this self-awareness piece, this healing piece, and this integration piece. And what I think I'm hearing you say is the self-awareness is, is great because it gives you the insight. But until you actually healed it and integrated it, it doesn't have its full power. Like you're still losing power in that whatever the thing is that's holding you back from being able to trust in the universe. So maybe it'd be, I think it'd be useful to talk more about the integration piece. How have you been integrating things that you've been becoming aware of and healing? And how is that enabling you to grow as an individual and as a being? So I think when you become aware of a pattern, a trigger, a thing, one of the most powerful ways that I've really found to integrate things back into my life is to have a conversation with the person 
it's either having a conversation with the person that could be causing the thing, or it's making a shift with the business, the lifestyle. It's like, it's actually making the change in your life, right? So it's having the courage to make the change. There's a beautiful quote, you know, the quality of your life is determined by the number of difficult conversations you are willing to have. And to me, integration, right? Integration is having these ahas, these awarenesses, but just becoming aware of them and healing them is not enough. It's putting those awarenesses into an embodied action stance where you're actually changing your life. You're creating a new path. You're forging something else. Like that's where all the juice is. So to me, having conversations, whether it's with family or with my, in my relationship or with my business partner or with my team or with myself, which then empowers a different set of habits, a different set of commitments, a different set of actions, a different set of goals, a different set of promises. That all is a part of integration. And, you know, I've really been leaning a lot on community. You know, I think I've said this over the last few months, but like integration is something that's important to do with others. Like I heal and I have a, I have a, a community that I heal with and people that I reach out to for help. Like, you know, I have coaches that I work with and, you know, I, for me, I'm constantly kind of keeping myself accountable. Accountability is a massive part of integration, I think. And so that's, that's been a big piece for me is, you know, it's really easy to forget that everything is happening for you. It's really, really, really easy to forget because in the moment when you get triggered, you're really going back. Like your nervous system is really kind of in this fight or flight. When you're anxious or when life throws you a curveball, like when all of these awarenesses happen, like it's not easy to, to kind of go and shift the path of what you're creating. It's not easy. And so to me, really having accountability is big and, and really you know, having the courage, it's, it's courage really at the core of it. Courage can be borrowed from others or it can be inspired within yourself. I love that. I love that. That's such a powerful explanation of integration. And I, th- I think also what I'm hearing you saying is this integration piece also somehow makes the healing part of your physical reality. So it almost changes who you are as a person, as an individual. And then that changes the whole landscape for your life because you are now looking at life for a whole new perspective this just came through for me, but like what I'm, what I'm really doing with integration right now is like the ultimate lesson that I'm trying to integrate into my life is that the feelings that I want to feel are not attached to any physical reality that I might be experiencing. That's the ultimate lesson that I'm trying to integrate. So it's like, I don't have to have money in the bank to feel like the richest person in the world. So why do you feel that's important? I'm, this is, this is such a powerful concept. I'm curious to know what does it do for you as, an, as a human, as a spiritual being, having this physical experience to be able to have these feelings without the physical attachment? So it's ultimate freedom, right? Because we can't always like hinge our power on things external. That's the ultimate thing. Like it's taking the power away from things that are external to attaching your power to a feeling that you can create. That's an internal experience. When your power is attached to feelings you can create inside of you, there's absolutely nothing that holds you. It's nothing that keeps you caged, right? But if there's a job, a position, a need to succeed or, or a fear of failure, uh, a need to have a relationship look a certain way. It's like when you have all that stuff outside of you, that's holding your power, you forget that actually at the very core of it, feeling all those feelings inside of you is independent of any of those things happening. 
To me, like, you know, my one of my coaches, Britt, uh, she brilliantly kind of explained this to me, which has been sort of like, actually, I, I drew this down as a North Star for myself. And I think this is an ultimate sort of way to think about it. It's like, if you think of life as a game, like a game of poker, or you have a poker table in front of you. There's two ways to show up with the table. You can either show up to the table knowing that you have $350 in your pocket and then make choices in the game knowing that you have $350 in your pocket. That's just that, that is you making choices based on a physical reality that you have X amount of money in your pocket. So you might nickel and dime. You might be afraid. You might not treat it like a game or play without bounds. Then there's another way to play it, which is to not give a shit that you have $350 in your pocket, but feel like you've got, like you are the luckiest person on the planet because you've got the universe You've got this like infinite amount of money behind you or that you can go all in and that you're going to hit the river. That feeling has nothing to do with you having a million dollars in your pocket or having $350 in your pocket. Like that feeling is just a feeling. So what can I do? And, and for me, my work is about really discovering what are all the things that are stopping me from believing and feeling this incomprehensible sort of idea Because the mind cannot conceive this. Like, this is a feeling, which is why I think, you know, ultimately the entire game is your feelings versus what your thoughts and beliefs say about you, right? So, like, feeling powerful, can I feel like I have the ultimate luck, the ultimate support of the universe behind my back when I'm playing a game of poker, which then allows me to show up to the game like a very different person than I would if I just had $350 in my pocket, nickeling and diming? and trying to win a game with what I have in front of me. Like the feeling is very independent of the actual, the actuality of reality itself. Now I'm not saying you don't play in reality, right? Like there's reality in life. Like, I mean, I have X amount of money in the bank. I have X resources. I have X opportunities. And like, that's all very real. I'm not discounting the reality of life. What I'm offering, at least what I'm realizing for myself is The ultimate dance and the ultimate gift is being able to tap into that power, that feeling of the infinite, and then showing up into the world and creating with that confidence behind me, which then allows me to play in a very different way, which allows me to create in a very different way, and which allows me to access power, confidence, and those feelings that I want to feel in my life at will instead of it being attached to something happening or not happening. Someone giving me love or not giving me love. Something going the way I want it to or not going the way I want it to. Like, it doesn't actually matter. It's all just sourced from something bigger. And that is a lot easier said than done, which is why I invest so much time working on myself. I I try to find those blocks that stop me from believing that I have access to this infinite power and just inside myself. Like all the feelings I've ever wanted to feel, they're inside of me. Like, and I can create them as I want to. As long as I remove those blocks that those beliefs, those limiting beliefs that stop me from just believing that it's my birthright, it's my God-given right to feel expansive, to feel powerful, and that every limitation I've ever put on myself was exactly that. It was put on myself. It was learned. It was adopted. And it has stopped me from truly leaning into the power, the infinite power that we all have as conscious creators and beings. Wow. I feel like we need to pause right there. Just uh, taking the magnitude of what you've just said. It's this 
redefining actually who we are, recognizing that who do you become? How do you show up in life if you remember that you are tapped into infinite everything? Well, and that's the ultimate game. I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying I have this figured out. This is my work. This is the work. This is what the work can inspire, though. I guess it's just raising that bar, though, isn't it? It's opening this door to there's this other level of reality. I think a few months ago, I, I said, you know, be the thermostat instead of the thermometer. And what Britt made me realize, you know, she really helped me see this for myself is like, why would you be the thermometer or the thermostat when you can be the weather? Wow. It's a really powerful statement. And, and like, that was one of, that's one of my biggest ahas I wrote down in my journal. It's like, why try to control the temperature when you can be the temperature? And I think that takes a different level of thinking. Like, and it takes a different level of awareness. It takes, and and guys, like, you know, everybody listening, like I'm chipping away at my own psyche, my own sort of personal growth journey, right? Like this is something I came to after years of me chipping away at this and coming here. And no matter where you are in your journey, I think the goal is to continue getting to a place where you are not attaching your power to something outside of you. And slowly but surely, you are bringing your power back to something that you get to create within yourself. And that is the true role of being a conscious creator. When you can remember that all of this power, this feeling is actually yours, you can just connect with the infinite nature of love. I was actually thinking, I was talking to a friend of mine about this who's a dad. The best way that he explained love to me, which was really profound, and he was like, and when I've had my first child, it opened up my love. I was like, oh my God, I, I, I've never been able to love this much in my life until he had his second child. Then all of a sudden he could love double the amount. Then he had his third child and it was even more. It's like it was this infinite well of love. And we think that we're playing with a finite resource, right? There's only so much love in the world. Like I can't give this person unconditional love because if I give them that unconditional love, then there won't be any left for me. I can't just love this person without boundaries. I can't, when we forget that love is infinite, that joy is infinite, that peace is infinite, that inspiration is infinite, that all these, these higher vibration states are just infinite. And that's when we, we go back into nickeling and diming love, nickeling and diming inspiration, nickeling and diming abundance, nickeling and diming it. And that's not how it works. And so I think, you know, that's a, that was a really powerful reminder for me. It's like, you know, you know, as you meet more people in your life, there's an infinite nature to love that we get to step into when we surrender to the infinite nature of love instead of trying to control it or to, to, to have boundaries around it or, you know, to just hold it in our hands so tight that we don't want to let it go. You know, that's just something I'm really leaning into. And it's just one of the, it's been one of the biggest things to really lean on this month. And on that note, like leaning into kind of examining my needs and my, and, and, and all that stuff. Like, you know, I realize, yes, I, I need things from others and that's a powerful place for me to learn, but the things I want for others is also a very powerful place for me to learn too. And, you know, I think it's really easy to confuse unconditional love with, I want this for somebody else. I want them to experience this thing. And, 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 I, and I think it's tricky. And I think that's why relationships are such powerful mirrors. Like, you know, do you want something for somebody because it fills a need in yourself or it makes you feel useful or it makes you feel desired 
or it makes you feel safe or do you truly love and unconditionally care for another person? And it's hard when you're in a, in a relationship. It's hard when you have parents you care about. It's hard when you have kids you care about, you know, like, and I think that's just been like really examining the conditional and unconditional nature of love has been a very powerful practice for me. And it's also led to a lot of growth. Like, like I said, honest conversations, like you talked about what's another way to integrate, like having tough conversations. Like my family came to visit us in San Diego this past month. And if you want to know how much you've grown, spend a week with family inside of a two bedroom apartment crammed where you're working together. It's just all everyone's in like tight spaces and you're like stressed and that's a really powerful mirror to see how far you've grown. It's pretty fascinating. Like family would get into either disagreements or like little tussles and different things, just like any family does. But one of the practices that we really implemented as a family this, this time, which I'm just really grateful and excited for is if we have a tussle the previous day or previous night, first thing in the morning, we get together and have a family board meeting where each of us creates the space for each of us to share how we feel and have a conversation about why we got angry or like what caused the disagreement. We have strict rules that allow each person to share their peace and not share their peace. And I just, I'm, I'm just in a very, like, I'm very aware of how much work it takes to heal and how much work it takes to change your life. And it's never going to be easy, but, you know, just these reflection processes are really reminding me of how important it is to prioritize the work and how many people and parts of your life can change when you really dedicate yourself to, to elevating your, your idea of love, your feelings of love, and just learning how to love yourself in bigger ways. I love that process you've just described with your family. How, how has that strengthened your relationship with, with yourself and also with the people you love? And what, what came out of that container that you didn't experience before? Well, I think, you know, I, I've talked about this on a previous reflection episode, but, you know, being seen for all that you are. Right. One of the most healing things that one can do is give yourself the permission to be seen by others who may be triggering you or, or, or who you may want the approval from or the people you may not want to disappoint, like allowing yourself to name your needs and, sh and, and express your boundaries and share where you're at with them is an extremely healing process because you're showing one, your inner child that you prioritize his or her well-being, safety, and happiness enough to do so. And so the simple act of having a conversation with somebody who might be triggering you, who might you know, have a different opinion than you, but standing powerful in it and like really standing from that space of power, again, tapping into that infinite power, right? And just being like, I love myself so much that I want to have this conversation in a loving way with someone else. The act of doing it itself heals. The act of exploring these kinks inside of our, our system, these emotional charges, the act of allowing them to be seen and fully felt is the healing. It is the magic. It is the integration. It is the gift. And it's not just with family, like the family board reading is the way that I do with my family, but with, with Gina, like, you know, we have a rule where we keep the glass clean between each other, right? So if there's anything, any spots that are building up on either side of the glass, like we get together and we share something that's been triggering us and, you know, and what triggered us. And then we we sit down and we allow each other to have the gift of being seen. How do you have those conversations? Those, let's say, confronting 
difficult conversations where you are coming at it from a place that there's no blame. It's like, this is just what's true for me. Do you have like a process or a sequence or a way of being that keeps those conversations themselves clean? Yeah. So I don't have conversations when I'm triggered. I have conversations after I've had a chance to feel and process and be with what is. So like with my family, like let's say we get into a tussle at night. We do not resolve it at night. We resolve it in the morning, right? So I think that it's important and everybody's different. So I'm not going to speak for the world here, but I can speak for myself. I find it very useful to communicate my needs in the moment, like in a way that's like, hey, look, like this is what I'm feeling right now. I haven't processed it fully, but I just need to be able to share this because I, if I if I wasn't sharing this right now, like I'd be I'd be lying that I'm not upset. And I think it's, you know, it's creating a culture. It really it's creating a culture and a container of safety. And I think that comes with time, right? Like it's asking for it. It's naming it. It's turning it into a value. It's reminding our family that like, hey, look, like just because we fight does not mean that we don't love each other. And it's like really remembering that like, or with in relationship, it's like, it's not me versus you. It's us versus the problem. Oh, that's beautiful. It's not me right? versus so, you. It's us versus the problem. So it, it creates the sense of togetherness. And so it's just reinforcing those types of safe container beliefs that allow you to lean into your relationship, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with your, with your colleagues, whatever, as a container for growth and healing. And it is that, like, it's just creating a safe space, but you have to do that intentionally. Like I cannot expect someone else to know my needs of how my inner child needs to feel to be safe. Like I cannot expect that of someone else. What I can do is create an environment create boundaries, create an intention, have the courage to do so and do it in a way that, and communicate those needs. Like I can do that. And that's how I've been doing it. Like to me, it's, it's, you know, there are tools, like I said, keeping the glass clean with you and your relationship and your, and your partner, right? Like family board meetings is a, like for us, the bit family, like the tool that worked really well in the family board meetings was having a little, like it was my brother's birthday that weekend and, um, or like it was a week or two after my brother's birthday and we had balloons, um, inside of the house, inside of the apartment. And like, we had this little balloon laying around and, you know, whoever had the balloon had permission to speak. So like nobody could cut each other off. Nobody could like, you know, nobody could speak over another person. It was just like, you have the balloon speak. And that was the, that was a tool that we use, right? So there's tactical tools you can use to create structure inside of these types of tough conversations. And I think it really is just you getting clear around like, you know, what do I need? You know, I just, I need to be, and for me, I, I needed to be able to know that me naming my needs and me sharing how I feel doesn't mean that I don't care. It doesn't mean that I hate you. It doesn't mean that I'm blaming you. It's just, this is where I'm at. And I'm sharing this so that I can not only give you an opportunity to meet me where I'm at, but it's also an opportunity for us to grow together because wouldn't you want me to do the same for you? It's creating that safe space. And I think the safe space is, it's just, it's, it's safety at the core of it. It's safety, right? Like when you feel safe, I think that's when healing truly begins to happen. What is it about safety? Do you feel that becomes this kind of catalyst or is it? activator for for change and transformation 
Well, when you feel safe, you're willing to let your guard down, right? Which your guard is in your mind. Healing happens in your heart and in your body and in your feelings and in your emotions and in the, the subconscious, right? Which isn't your mind. Like your conscious mind is the gatekeeper. Your subconscious mind is a gatekeeper too, to be honest. But, you know, I think safety is having the safety to not need your walls up, to not need your guard up, to not know, to know and feel like this person isn't going to screw you over or hurt you or leave you or abandon you. Cause a lot of, you know, if, if I think about a lot of my fears, it's rejection, it's abandonment. You know, those are core wounds that come from childhood, whether no matter how great and amazing your f- parents are, like we all suffer with some level of, you know, like those core wounds that come from, from childhood. So like, you know, I think safety just allows, you know, your, and I like to call it my inner child, but really what I'm referring to is my nervous system. I'm really referring to my irrational nervous system that is just constantly in fight or flight or afraid that things are going to break. And it's like a child. I like to call it an inner child because that child gets to be soothed. It needs to be mothered. It needs to be fathered. It needs to be, you know, that's part of self-love. Self-love is you learning how to mother, father, parent yourself. It's creating those, those safe, that, that safety within yourself. And relationships can be a massively accelerant. They can be a massive accelerant of that when you can have the courage to really name those needs and create a, a, a culture of safety with your partner or your family. And not everybody has that luxury. And I'm not, which is why then your friends become big you know, like friends or healing communities or your coaches. I mean, whoever it is in your life, like you can lean into the people around you as, as mirrors. And, um, and I mean, it took me a long time. I'm not saying I got here overnight. I mean, you know, I've been really working on myself for years now and chipping away at the log and, and or chipping away at the boulder. And even now I still feel like there are things I'm just terrified to ask for, terrified to be seen as, I mean, there's just a lot that, and because you don't know what you don't know. Once you break through one layer of healing, it's like you have this, the, the beautiful quote from, I think I shared this on a previous, it's funny, like, you know, each reflection episode, like I'm noticing how a lot of the lessons are repeated, which is really powerful, like just repeated lessons. And I'm, I'm drawn back to a dear, you know, dear friend and brother of mine, Jonathan Law. Um, and he shared this one perspective, I think back in January, February around like, True healing happens like when you feel like you're on top of the world, when things are amazing, when things are just great, that's when your body finally feels safe enough to open up the doors underneath all of that. Like, like it's just like the, like you open up the doors underneath everything when you finally feel safe. And so that's kind of how I feel like, you know, I work through something, I break through a door, I get a need met or I name something that's big. And then all of a sudden underneath it all that's when I finally feel safe enough for the next layer to open, which is why I don't think you're ever going to be fully like arrived. It's just, you're just building a lifestyle where you're constantly, you're just, you're healing that, that, that finite nature of, of love. Like you're healing your nervous system's attachment to what it can see and, and looking at love as the expression of love instead of like, oh, if someone doesn't say I love you, then they don't love me. Like, no, that's a very finite definition of love because your mom may not say I love you, but just because she doesn't say I love you doesn't mean that she doesn't feel love for you. She just may not know how to say I love you or have the courage to say I love you or 
She may not know how to be loving, but that does not mean that she does not love and feel love, right? So when we can slowly expand our definitions of, of, of these, these feeling states, love, joy, inspiration, peace, these states that have no bounds in the infinite realm, in, in the realm of just expansive consciousness, like when you, when you can remember and, and continue to, sh- to chip away, you know, and we're human beings, like we're not, we're not gods, we're not souls, like we like to think of that, but like at the end of the day, we are having a human experience. So you're always going to have these, these feelings. And I think there's beauty in, in, in reminding ourselves that this is not a race and this is not something that we have to figure out tomorrow. This is a journey. And the journey of healing, the journey of becoming aware, the journey of integrating these lessons into your life, it is a lifestyle. And I love as well how almost what starts off as this individual journey spills out into your relationships as well because they become the mirrors, but also there's this opportunity to heal within those different containers too, that there's these broader, broader means of connection with, with life through each other, through ourselves. That's, that's so beautiful how you've been explaining that. Well, this is, you know, a dear friend of mine, Mike Klein, and I had a conversation about this. Mike Klein was, he, I think he was on the podcast back in like February around the brain. He shared this perspective. When you heal yourself, the next step is to heal your family and your, your intimate relationship. When you heal that, the next step is to heal the community and your friends. The next step after that is to, or the next step after that is to heal your tribes and your, your communities at large. And the step after that is to heal the world. And so it all starts with healing yourself. Like when you heal yourself, you naturally start to embody more love, which then naturally heals the people in your life. Like just you showing up more loving is healing for your family and your friends and your spouse and your kids. I think that's the greatest service one can do the world. Um, the greatest purpose one can have is to just learn to rate rise in love to feel that love within themselves to heal those uh, that that sense of separation because one you're more happy you're more joyous right you're you're more connected like your life truly begins to change but in the effort of you actually just changing like the world around you begins to respond to that and i found a lot of joy in that idea okay it's not easy like a, a life of conscious work a life of you consciously unraveling your unconscious patterns that are running in the background that keep you trapped that keep you feeling anxious that keep you feeling afraid like those it's not easy but fuck is it worth it like just doing the work and really prioritizing your own sense of self and and learning to love yourself in bigger and bigger ways is the most powerful thing you can do to love everyone else in your life the more you love yourself, the more others can feel the love you have for them. Are you finding that you feel differently about yourself, inside yourself? As this healing process continues to unfold, do you feel differently about who you are? Do you feel differently about you? Yeah, I do. I feel, you know, I would say like right now, I feel the most grounded I've ever been in my life. Like things could be breaking outside of me, the world, like, chaotic things could be happening at work. Like, you know, everything could be shifting and my nervous system has never felt more calm. And that's where, when you shift the power from outside of you to inside of you, no external experience can actually control the way you feel. 
The way you feel is an internal experience, unless it's attached to something outside of you. And the work is about examining those attachments and then you consciously choosing whether they're useful for your life or not. It's a choice. It's always a choice. But being unconscious of those attachments doesn't actually give you the ability to free yourself from them if you actually don't want those attachments in the first place. And that's how I feel like, you know, I'm beginning to really realize how much of my sense of self was attached to something outside of me and how little control I had over the way that I felt about myself. But the more I shift that, that lens to really being more of an internal experience, I am just like having X amount of money in the bank, having X amount of success, having X amount of relationships, being this good at something, being this knowledgeable, this valuable to others. Like that is not the thing that fills me for me. Like I can just fill myself up on my own and just be, be me fully and all those other things be bonuses, but they're not the things that fill me. Like I don't need them to fill me. I can just fill myself and then have those things as bonuses, as cherries on top, as gifts from the universe um, that I get to show up fully inside of. If you had to choose a word to sum up this month, what would your word be? Trust. And how did you stay grounded? Didn't you? Really loving myself and expanding the definition of what it means to love myself. Self-love is a, it's a very kind of esoteric concept and it can mean the massages and the physical care, but I think self-love is a, it's a bigger commitment to you remembering the beauty of you. Like it's, it's you realizing that you are, you know, God dressed in drag. Like it is you remembering that, like, you know, you're a, a a God, a spiritual being having a human experience. And so, you know, remembering that and going back to that and really treating yourself with, with, with just reverence and love and care and, and really shifting the lens with how you allow yourself to be seen by others and, and examining your judgments and examining the things that keep you ridden in guilt and choosing a life of joy and expansion and forgiveness instead of one that's keeping you trapped. Like, it's like, if I loved myself, how would I treat my, it's like, if I treated myself like someone I love, how would that look? Like going even deeper into that and expanding it. I mean, I really think that's how I stayed grounded this month and I could not have done it without just my family my girlfriend, um, my team, my partners. I mean, everyone in my life creates such a beautiful play such a beautiful role in me just stepping into the deepest versions of myself. And so, you know, I just, I stay grounded by remembering that I'm not alone, even when I feel alone. And that's, I think the ultimate gift is remembering that you are part of this greater unfolding, this greater well of love, this infinite nature of the universe. And we have access to those feelings at any given moment. And the people in our life are here purely to help us remember that fact. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found it helpful and inspiring, and I hope it in just gives you hope for your own journey of healing. Um, but without, but anyways, that is a wrap. 
Um, I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Georgina. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.